Hello, friends. Welcome back to Ordinary People and Extraordinary Lives. My name is Lance Bain. Hey, good to have you with me again on another week of our podcast designed to help us experience the grace of God while living, leading, and overcoming in life's everyday challenges. Hey, I hope you're doing well. Things are good on the Bain in the Bain household or lots to be grateful for. And uh, I'm thankful for you being with me again on another episode of our podcast. This is episode 210. We're continuing in a little series we began a couple of podcasts ago called Leading at Home. This is part three and will be our final part in this little series on Leading at Home. And Let me just tell you, why is it leading at home? It's leading at home because uh, several weeks ago, I heard from one of our listeners that acknowledged how they did not always see their role in the family as a leadership role. And so their comment and input is the inspiration for this three-part series on leading at home. And uh, you can check out the previous two podcasts to hear about what we've already said so far regarding this very helpful subject of leading at home. Hey, if you want to know more about me, check out LanceBain.com, L-A-N-C-E-B-A-N-E.com. There are many uh, Christian-based messages there. There's lots of resources available there. There's a little blog. There's an about me, but there's also a way for you to communicate with me through the website. I would love to hear from you. It would be a great privilege, really, to have some correspondence back and forth. You can also find me on Instagram at Lance Bain, and I'm on Facebook. That's about all the social media places you will find me. And uh, so I'm just excited to be with you again. As we've talked about leading at home, today we're going to discuss how do we balance authority and empowerment, the role of leading by example, communication, conflict resolution. These are such important topics, whether we're talking about leading at home or leading in the marketplace. So let's jump in and learn something today. So balancing authority, balancing authority and empowerment, the role that we carry, whether it is positional authority, organizational authority, moral authority, maybe it's intellectual authority, maybe it's just a an organic authority, much like that of a parent would have in a local family. And I've raised uh, two children. My oldest is 30, married with uh, uh, two children, and then my second uh, middle child is 29 married with one child, and then my youngest is uh, soon to be 18, as a matter of fact, just in a short amount of time. And so I feel like I have some experience on this idea of leading in a family context. I remember when my first uh, child was born, of course, I didn't know anything about being a dad or leading in a family. Matter of fact, I, I really hadn't been married that long. So you know, everything was a bit of a a learning curve in the in the place of of leading, leading myself, leading my my wife, leading my my soon to be a family. And so I, I just think today's topic is so important for us, regardless of your context of leadership, what we're going to discuss is applicable in all of those spaces. Now as leaders, uh, we want to empower those around us. We want to guide them towards interdependence, nurturing potential. Uh, while also holding accountability and instilling a strong sense of responsibility. When you particularly think about this in a family 
context, there's not much we really expect our newborns to be responsible for. But as they grow and as they emerge, the idea of being responsible about their own words, their own attitude, their own choice, becoming responsible for their space, becoming responsible as they grow older and older for things like chores or contribution to the house, whatever that may be. And so as leaders in the home, we empower those around us. And we guide them towards not just independence, but also interdependence because we need each other and we depend on each other. So we don't want a strong independence and we don't want a strong codependency either. Neither one of those extremes are helpful. We want to be in this middle ground of interdependence and we're nurturing potential. And so as we talk today, we're really discussing the balance between authority and empowering others to make decisions, basically giving authority authority away to other people. You have to really think through this. Talk about this with your spouse or the uh, parent of your, the other of your child, married or divorced, whatever the case may be, foster parents, adoptive parents, because there's so much nuance and uh, things that need to be considered when you start talking about balancing parental authority with empowering your children. What does empowering your children look like? What are the limits to empowering your children? What authority do you give your children to make certain decisions? For example, I remember when my children were younger, it would almost be a fight every morning about what they're going to wear to school. And at some point, I had to sort of concede, do I really care that the shirt doesn't match the pants on the way to school? Is that the fight I want to have in first grade, second grade, third grade? maybe seventh grade, what I learned that as my children got older, there became this cultural uh, peer group installing of caring more about what that looks like. Sometimes the things that we argue about will eventually become self-solving problems. So these are the nuances that you want to think about and talk about when we're when we're discussing balancing authority and empowerment. And so we're going to share some insights on nurturing independence responsibility and I want to share with you just some key thoughts about how we do this in leading by example, communication, etc. Let's talk about uh, number 1 establishing clear expectations and a responsiveness. You know, it's important in your leadership um, context that you set clear boundaries and expectations for behavior while being responsive to the needs of those around you, your children, your coworkers, your ministry team, your small group, your not-for-profit organization, whatever, uh, your advocacy group, whatever it is that you may be involved in. If you have a role of leadership or have been identified as an influencer or a leader, You want to establish clear expectations. Unsaid expectations are often unmet expectations. And so it's important for you to communicate those expectations, communicate them in written form, communicate them in verbal form, communicate them in reward when you see expectations being met. Maybe there's a reward there. For example, for a parent-to-child relationship, maybe it's more screen time or maybe it's more outside play time or maybe it's a special dinner that night. The kid gets to select what you're going to have for dinner. Maybe it's involved a friend coming over or doing something special on the weekend. Maybe it involves something as simple as a piece of candy becomes the reward for meeting expectations. Whatever the case may be, you want to communicate clearly 
the boundaries and the expectations that you have for those around you. This is important also. You communicate not just by verbalizing, but by leading, by example. When you and I choose to not just lead with words, but by embodying our values, our core convictions, our identity, our, our core priorities, when we embody those, then we do four things. Number one, we set the example. We show everyone this is the this is what's to be expected. And I'm role modeling that. I'm demonstrating that by doing it myself. Secondly, we educate those around us. We educate on our values. This is what's important. This is what this value looks like when it's lived out with integrity, with honesty, uh, with sincerity, and even fallibility because we're not always perfect. You also inspire other people when you lead by example, when they see you pressing in, sweating through it, making it happen, doing what needs to be done. You inspire other people. And then lastly, you actually create connection. Oftentimes, people will jump in when we're leading by example, and we start now having shared experiences. One cannot overstate the power of shared experiences. So, When we're talking about balancing authority and empowerment, number one, establish clear expectations. Set these clear boundaries and expectations verbally and set them by leading by example, role modeling, embodying what it is you want from those around you. You can also provide a structured framework for guidance and a space for open communication. This idea of communication is critical. Let's talk about communication and conflict resolution for a moment. When we have open and honest communication, conflicts can transform into opportunities for deeper understanding, deeper connection, deeper agreement. When you are balancing the idea of authority and empowerment, there's going to be conflict. There's going to be misunderstanding. There's going to be confusion. What do we do in that moment? Do we choose an offended heart? Do we become overly sensitive? Do we disconnect? Do we distance? Do we point the finger and blame? What is it we do in that space? And is what we're doing when the communication space is being uh, filled with conflict or confusion, misunderstanding, frustration, etc., is how we respond to that, actually creating safety for other people to say, I want to engage in a conversation with you. Or is our behavior so disruptive, so toxic that people are like, I don't want to talk to you. You're not safe. You're snippy. You're edgy. I don't think I want anything to do with that. And, you know, there's so much that can contribute to that. I think about a situation recently in my life, talking with someone very special to me and just providing really a point of information. Hey, you asked for this, and this is what I'm able to do. And what came back at me was something kind of sharp. And I was like, hey, I don't sure why this is coming back at me in this way. I'm just giving you the piece of information you asked for. And and what we recognize in that very small exchange is there are bigger forces at play, other circumstances and issues that are also consuming some of the emotional, intellectual uh, uh, energy in order to be present. And when that gets into the red, when it's running low, it's not uncommon, right, for all of us to have places of snippiness, impatience. Maybe our tone is a little sharper than what we want it to be. 
So you want to provide a structured framework where you can provide guidance and you can provide safe space for open communication. And in that open communication space, when conflict happens, how are you going to respond? Because let me tell you what's important from <laughs> being a dad for 30 years, being married for 31 years, being involved in leadership for 25 plus years, connection, 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 paramount, the most important. Are you sending messages that your connection to another is important and that you're willing to protect that connection by managing your side of the relationship? And hopefully the other parties involved, your child, your spouse, whatever it may be, your coworker, they'll also want to protect their side of the connecting relationship and the connection that's there. Listening. Listening is so paramount, not just to the words, but to the heart. And you can grow in the skill of listening. We talk about that so often on this podcast. Communication, being intentional about your words, being intentional about non-verbal forms of communication, tone, body language, eye contact, leaning forward, leaning back, folding the arms, a scowl on your face, a furrowed brow, a smile, a sparkle in your eye. What is it that you're communicating, not just verbally, but non-verbally? It's also in the place of uh, the space of communication. You want to serve the other person. How can you meet their needs? You want to communicate your needs and you want to help meet the needs of others. If you have to do mind reading, this is awful. Mind reading is not helpful. And unsaid expectations are dangerous. And it creates the space where you're going to have to apologize more than you want and forgive maybe more than you want to. Not that you don't want to forgive, but it's like, why can't we overcome this? Why am I always apologizing? Why am I always seeking forgiveness? So in this space of open communication and where conflict and confusion may, may dwell and may fill that space, just value connection, value listening value verbal and nonverbal communication, value communicating your needs, listening to the needs of the other, and serving the other to meet those needs. Value the power of an apology and forgiveness, and whatever you do, build trust. Protect the trust and build trust. Now, you can encourage interdependence uh, and responsibility together. And what you, we do is we gradually empower those around us. And gradual, it's a word that you can determine the intensity. What, what is gradual for you? You know, maybe if you're dealing with a coworker and they come in with an impressive resume and a strong communication, a leadership skill set, a high competency, then gradual may be a short-term thing. When we're talking about leadership at the home, the maturity of a child from an infant to a teenager to a young adult is gradual. It's over years. And so gradual in that context means something very different. But you want to gradually empower those people around you and that they're making appropriate decisions based upon the authority you've given them, upon the competency they have, upon the maturity they have, upon their ability to make decisions that benefit as many people as possible. Encouraging independence and responsibility also involves teaching critical thinking skills. I often talk over with my teenage son, you know, as he's finishing his last year of high school and thinking about what he wants to do next. I mean, there's a lot that I could say to him, and I feel one of the things, and I've learned what's most important is not just telling him what to think, but 
wanting to teach them how to think, how to think through certain situations, how to step back and examine an opportunity or a problem from a different angle, to seek input of other people and to find wisdom in a multitude of peers and maybe even older people or friends who have experienced something similar. And so when you teach critical thinking skills, you're helping them learn how to solve problems. You're helping them learn how to look for solutions. You're, we're teaching them how to manage themselves in these spaces. Encouraging interdependence with responsibility. We emphasize responsibility is always attached to accountability for actions and choices. Responsibility is attached to accountability. Recently, I was uh, chatting with a young person, and uh, as we were discussing, they just kept giving these generalized answers with these unconditional, non-committal vocabulary, like "I should" or "I kind of hope hope to" or uh, "Maybe this will happen." I just thought the shouldas and the maybes and the hope sos. There's nothing of certain language, concrete language, definitive language in that, and I just basically had to say to them, "Look." If you're wanting to be responsible, which is what I'm hearing you say, then responsibility comes with accountability. And you can't hold someone accountable as long as the uh, answers and the uh, commitments stay too general. So it was really beginning to narrow down into some specific things. and, And I could understand where the fear was coming from. The fear of failure, the fear of rejection, the fear of letting someone down, the, the fear of the negative feelings about the self. And I understand all of that. We've been there, haven't we? If we've lived very long, we know what those feelings are like. And so when we're talking about leading at home, friends, we're talking about wanting to balance the authority that we have as parents, as uh, married people, as siblings, and maybe expand this past the home into the workplace. The authority that you've been given either organizationally or relationally, maybe because of your intellect or your competence, or maybe because of your moral authority. You've been given authority in whatever the case may be. But we want to use that authority for the empowerment of others. And in our family, it's recognizing that our children, for the most part, more than likely, are going to outlast our lives. We're going to pass on to them a legacy. And so in leading at home, we balance its authority and empowerment. And we do that. Establish clear expectations for behavior. You do that verbally, non-verbally, leading by example. We talked about providing a framework for good communication, conflict resolution, connection, listening, apology, forgiveness, etc. And we talked about encouraging interdependence with responsibility, the gradual empowerment, teaching people how to think, and embracing accountability as our friend, because responsibility is always connected to accountability, leading from home. I believe I said a couple of podcasts ago that one of the presidential candidates in a recent debate made a statement similar to this. I won't quote them verbatim. I can't remember exactly how they said it. But they said something to the effect that the local family, the local nuclear family, is the greatest form of power on the earth. And I agree with that. We're raising up future fathers and husbands and mothers and wives, future business leaders and and small business leaders and CPAs and doctors and nurses and tradesmen and tradeswomen. They're in our home, and you need to know who's in your home. 
and assume a healthy leadership role so that your family can fulfill all that God has destined, not just for you, but for your family. Leading at home. Hey, I appreciate you being with me today. I hope some of the thoughts that we've shared together will help you, encourage you to think about how you can apply these ideas. I love you guys. Thank you for listening. Thank you for listening to episode 210. I hope you stay healthy, stay hopeful, and I will talk to you again soon.